Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. Now, I realize you're just joining us, but I can tell you already, we are off the rails. Uh, we, we've been talking here for about 30 minutes, and there is way too much jolt or coffee or something going on here. Uh, today is our 30th episode, so that's apparently the Pearl anniversary. So if someone wants to send us pearls, I guess, go ahead and do pearls. so. Do send you? me I, pearls. I'm not really much of a pearl guy. I, I like I, pearls. You just want to clutch your pearls. Oh my god! She was not clutching pearls a minute ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> the unbridled no. Ashley was uh, had joined us for a rare moment before we started, and it's always spectacular. Always full of surprises, ladies and gentlemen. Always. But not that they need any introduction. But we're joined as always by Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies out of Hollywood, California. Namaste, Jeff. Namaste. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stay here any longer than I got to. And we are joined by Ashley Garbolja-Moldonado from our nation's capital. Ashley, how are you? Nice to see that lovely sweater you have on. I very much like it. Thank you. It looks looks very Irish. Sweater weather. It looks very Very Irish. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It's an H&M purchase. I actually got it at Union Station like last season, so. Is is that, is it? I haven't been to Union Station in a long time. I used to like going to all the sandwich places downstairs. Yeah, don't yeah, get me wrong. Of... Like, whenever I don't want to cook, I literally walk across the bridge. I enter from the back where all the buses are, and I just go down the escalator, and I'm there. Like, is that there. where is that where you? That's live? how close I am. Yeah, I'm that wow. close. Wow. Like, if I were to step out of my building, and I could probably throw a football at a reasonable length to hit the yeah. Amtrak building. Were their headquarters? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I used to take them. I used to take the Mark train Opsack. out of there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we uh, without further ado, here we will get going, and we will start with Ashley. Yay! Let's start with Ashley. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so do I have a treat for you guys today? So, yeah. We're all familiar with Arlington National Cemetery, and I'm sure we're all familiar with Reefs Across America. So, more recently within this week, or depending on when this airs, the time frame, uh, Stars and Stripes actually just sent out a story in regards to, um, you know, obviously other places are being closed down due to coronavirus pandemic, and things are kind of heating up in different states, uh, limitations, vice versa, but... As of, let's see, let's see. So the Secretary of Army reversed a decision to reopen and restart, if you will, you know, the Reeves Across America, which typically takes place in Arlington National Cemetery on December 12th-ish time frame. So usually like in between that weekend or so, right? Yep. And pretty much they said that they were going to cancel it, and then all of a sudden they just said, nope, we're not doing that. So Secretary of the Army Ryan McCarthy ordered Arlington National Cemetery on just this past week time frame Tuesday to host the event. So the CEO of 
uh, Reese Across America told reporters that she had met earlier the day with the cemetery leaders and everyone had agreed to hold off to hold a scaled down event this year. Details on what that event would entail had not been decided. So as you can imagine, once folks kind of got wind that this wasn't going to happen because this is something, you know, Reese Across America is exactly what it is. It's Reese Across America. <laughs> to find out that that might not be hand, or excuse me, happening thank you words the the fact that that could not be happening obviously like distrust folks and um so to my understanding you know there was some some you know president found out secretary was called things were changed and now it's back on, and I want to open up to the floor for y'all for discussion. <laughs> There's two things about Ta-da. this. There's two things about this that crack me up. The first is that they, Arlington probably had like 15 meetings to come to the conclusion that you know we just can't safely do it. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> Who in their right mind didn't foresee the president going? No, nice try. Like this is. This, this is the same thing they tried to do when they were canceling the uh, the ride in Washington D.C. and they're like the Pentagon's like, oh, it's too difficult. And the president's like, yeah, we're going to do it anyway. Like this is right in his wheelhouse. It, that's the first thing is that I, never for a single second did I actually think this wouldn't take place. And I was in conversations with people that are like, well, we're still going to go because you know we have friends that are buried there, and it, at the very least, we're going to go and do those four or five graves on our own. I never even thought it was an issue because I never for a second thought they wouldn't hold it. But the second thing is, from a corona standpoint, these are people that are just, that are outside. They walk up to a truck, they grab a wreath, and they take it over and they sit on a grave. It's not like an Ozzy Osbourne concert or Justin Bieber or something. There's not 50,000 people. Options you gave us. Wow. You know, like, but I mean, like, you're outside and it's people walking to a truck and then walking over. It's not like everyone's rubbing up against each other and you're all in a confined place. And if you've seen pictures of Reese Across America in previous years, they're bundled up like it's the Arctic because it's the middle of winter and sometimes in DC it can be cold. It just doesn't strike me as a real COVID transmission feeding frenzy. It, It just annoyed me. Yeah. If I could just interject one thing. This is a very large event. Yeah. This is yes. not just Arlington National Cemetery. However, yeah. Arlington National Cemetery gets a lot of, you know, attention for obvious reasons with everything that it has to offer as, you know, run by the army, et cetera, et cetera. So what's interesting though is, you know, this typically involves tens of thousands of volunteers gathering at the cemetery. This is all yeah. over the country where every state and its, you know, respected borderlines is each individually having different impacts or different phases of, of COVID restrictions. Again, that comes down uh. to the governor. We've got a weird, we've got a weird political, you know, climate as well. So like, <laughs> oh, what's, did I say a word you didn't like? He, this is did where Jeff... This is where Jeff, that was, you just stole Jeff's oh, question when he doesn't have a question. No. Well, you're interjecting before I can ask my question to take my question. So, Mr. C. Good C. sir, good sir. Please proceed. <laughs> yes. I'm so Mr. sorry. Mr. C.V., I have yeah. a question oh. for you. Since this has happened and now it's not going to sound like it just hit me, but uh, this is an event that happens all across the country with different jurisdictions, and I'm wondering, is it because the jurisdiction of the national parks is federal that 
that they are allowed to override governors who would never allow this to happen? See, that's the question. I'm not sure that it's actually settled law, but the properties themselves, the na these national cemeteries are run by the National Cemetery Association. So it's federal property. So if you committed a crime, it like Arlington or something of that nature, you would be arrested by different people than Arlington County Police. You, it's, as a matter of fact, on GW Parkway there, it's always the park police yeah. that are pulling people over. It's not the local police. So, yes, the federal government does have jurisdiction on this. And, you know, to Ashley's point, yeah, there's a lot of volunteers, but as anyone who's been to Arlington and wandered around, wandering around, Arlington is a very, very large place. And there are... I, I know that my friends are buried in section 64 and 65. So there's at least 65 different areas and probably a lot more. So it'll be spread out. But her larger point is also true. There's there's cemeteries all over the country. You know, there's it's not just Arlington. Arlington obviously gets the bulk of the, you know, the focus because it is kind of the national center for, for where this stuff happens. But... I, I was I'm, I'm still kind of flummoxed that anybody in any chain of command went through the rigmarole of canceling this when they had to know full well it was going to be uncanceled. I, I, I'm, I yeah, just but, thought it was crazy. But does that does that then take that burden off of them? Uh, we tried to cancel it. Yeah, but I mean, who are the what, these people are? about to be unemployed as of January anyway. So appeasing your boss at this point seems a little odd. I, I, I'm not really sure I understand what, I, I don't understand what the thinking was, but hey, you know what? Credit where it's due, it's back on, and it should have been on all along. And we've talked about the hypocrisy of various leaders, and we were talking about it earlier, but you know, to say that certain activities are okay, but this one, I mean, this is for those of us that know people that are buried there, this is a very important event for us. This is sort of a once a year opportunity to really to go there and do something and say hello to friends. I, the whole story seemed crazy to me right from Jump Street, and I'm glad it only lasted about eight hours or whatever. And, uh, you know, Reeves Across America, great, uh, great coming out of the great state of Maine where I come from. So shout out to, uh, <laughs> to Maine and Karen Worcester, Worcester, Worcester uh, CEO. CEO of Reads Across America, uh, and everyone that volunteers, thank you so much. All right, we will take our first uh, quick commercial break, and we will be right back in a minute. Delete, delete. If you care about disabled veterans and children in need, and we know you do, donate today to the American Legion Veterans and Children's Foundation. Any amount helps. Donate online at legion.org forward slash donate. All right, and we are back with the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. And our second story uh, is from military.com. Not an unexpected story. Nothing, nothing revelatory about it, I guess. Uh, troop reductions in Afghanistan and Iraq are official. President Donald Trump has officially called for a significant troop reduction in Afghanistan and Iraq, citing no immediate national security threat to the American people, his new acting defense secretary said Tuesday. Uh, by January 15, 2021, our forces in Afghanistan will be 2,500, and our force size in Iraq will also be 2,500. Um, just for informational purposes, it's currently at 4,500 
in Afghanistan and 3,000 in Iraq. So you're talking about uh, 2,000 people coming out of Afghanistan and 500 out of Iraq. The uh, acting secretary, Christopher Miller, said, We owe this moment to the many patriots who have made the ultimate sacrifice. He said of the 6,900 troops who have died and the 52,000 who have been wounded during the nearly two-decade conflict in the region. This decision by the president is based on continuous engagement with this national security cabinet over the past several months, including ongoing discussions with me and my colleagues across the United States government. Seems sort of an odd time to do it, but so it goes. Does it, Jeff, though? what do you got? I, I mean, mean, it kind does of does. It though? I would say this. It seems like it seems like a tried and true presidential, not just this president, all presidential uh people, which are all presidents, I guess. It seems as though this is a a legacy event because it was a campaign promise to bring home the troops. And yeah. <clears throat> and and to do it now gives gives him a chance to to add that to his legacy that see I did it. I brought people home like I said I would. And then if it's not right Biden can send them back. So it's like, it's it seems like perfect timing to me. Yeah, I, I, every opportunity is a challenge in disguise or however that saying goes. I, it just, <laughs> right. I, it seems a little, I mean, like if he had announced this back in August, I would have bought <clears throat> off on the whole campaign promise thing. But I, I don't know, it just seems a little odd to me. Ashley, what do you think? First of all, I have a thing about politicizing the military and I don't like when politicians and sorts use like oh we're gonna bring the troops home oh we're gonna put the troops back in there oh we're gonna start crap in another country (laughs) we're gonna send you back there (laughs) you thought we weren't we are so when i see stuff like this and then giving the entire political climate i i think about the motive and i think about all of the other things that are transpiring with the exodus of of leaderships and top positions at pentagon and different agencies and i look at this from you know, also from the transition standpoint that I, I don't know what that phrase or that, that phrase is either, but like this, I don't know, could go either way. Like, yes, it's great. I don't want to be in prolonged conflict. We've been in conflict for how many years? Like two decades, you know, like we're, yeah. And when, when, I, when is when, it going to be enough? When When is it enough? Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure this is like, you know, we say it might be a political thing for President Trump, but I don't necessarily think this is bad for Biden either, because at least, you know, now he if he if Biden tries to pull him out, everybody be like, oh, immediately abandoning country to, you know, our enemies. And no matter who did it, it was going to be that. I think it's better to do it now and get it over with if that was what we were going to attend. My other problem is, I don't know, can we get. Uh, 1,500 people or 2,000 people out of Afghanistan in two months? Two months. Like, the military can't seem to do anything, right? Like, in terms of travel, and I mean, that's leaving a lot of material behind as far as I could tell. I I don't know what this actually means, to be perfectly frank, but I'm sure there's some really smart person over at the Pentagon working on it right now feverishly, (laughs) but I wish him luck. I, I don't... If you've ever had to do military travel before, it usually takes a lot longer to move person from Fort Hood to Alaska, and now they're going to bring 2,000 people home from Afghanistan. 
could be interesting. We have issues just getting people state to state. I've got a buddy who just went to a a reclass uh, school for, you know, a new job, and he almost didn't get on the plane because the travel card wasn't, like, correctly whatever. There was, like, five different people he had to go through, and he's like, this has been planned for eight months. Why is this an issue now, right? Like, if we can't get the the stateside stuff done... Yeah. Okay. All right. I I, I just I could just I could just picture it. Everybody get on the bus. Everybody get on the bus. We're all going home. Okay. I mean, okay. What do we do with all this stuff sitting around? Well, here? plus there's the there's the added there's the added complexities of some are going home, some are being redeployed to other places. So you're gonna have. It's yeah, you can't win. It'll, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting. My guess is that people in Iraq would probably go to like Djibouti or or somewhere similar in the theater, but I I don't know. I mean, are they bringing are they taking everybody in Iraq back to Kansas? I I don't. There's no real where the rubber meets the road. There's not a lot of story. Is it a yellow to this road. One. It is <laughs> made out of bricks. Well, look at you. You're all over it. <laughs> All right, topic number three, Jeff, to you, my friend. This is number one of, this is the on-ramp to my rant that's coming later. Uh, (laughs) So right now we have thieves targeted four disabled veteran trucks outside of a Houston Marine Corps ball. This is from the Marine Corps Times, the pinnacle of journalism in America. Four disabled veterans. It is the New York Times of the Marine Corps. I'll I'll grant you that. It's Marine Corps Times, yeah. Four disabled veterans left a Marine Corps ball in Houston, Texas on Saturday to find their truck windows shattered and belongings stolen. A handgun, a purse, and a laptop were included among the missing possessions. All of the victims had disabled veteran license plates and all drove trucks. Houston TV News Channel KPRC2 first reported. There's a couple of cool quotes that uh, Mark CV provided. If you have a disabled veteran's license plate, the likelihood of having toys, tools, and weapons goes up even more than if you just had a nice truck, said someone whose name I don't want to mispronounce. It is the lowest of the low, he also said. It's one thing when you harm civilians. It's another thing to stoop to the level of targeting veterans on a veteran-specific event Four days before Veterans Day, I will add uh, my first little comment is, yeah, it's it sucks to harm civilians too. Let's not let's not minimize that, right. but to target not just veterans, disabled veterans, and to s- steal. I mean, yeah, personal lap, but but to take their gun in Texas, have you lost your mind? If Anyone in Texas finds out who they are, veteran or not, right. these people are going to be in huge trouble. And I'm not a fan of street justice, but I understand. I understand. It's Texas so, justice is what it is. <laughs> right? Oh. I, Ashley, are you disgusted? Whatever. I, I, I'm just flummoxed. It's like the guy that stole Leroy Petrie's license plate. Like... Who would think? think? Who would you know? Hey, let's think about. Let's come up with a really soft target that we can break into trucks. Oh, I know the Marine Corps ball. Let's hit that up. Who, who thinks that way? Disabled plate. Let's. Right. That's it. That's. Oh, this guy probably can't chase me. What are you talking about? Like, 
I'm amazed. Best be scared. That's all I have to say. Best be scared. So I, <laughs> better be running because they're going to be I, yeah, eating yeah. cake and there better be no fingerprints on them their day. trucks. I I I, I mean I just. The, the whole story, like, if, once I got past the, who would do such a horrible thing? But, I mean, it, it's got everything. It's got guns and trucks and Marines in Texas. Like, are you insane? Like, It feels, like, a, it feels like one of those Chuck Norris, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie opening, opening scenes where somebody comes in and does something really bad to people they probably shouldn't have done something really bad to and then the rest of the movie is just destruction and revenge and let's i'm not gonna say let's root for it i'm not yeah let's just say i'm not gonna say that it's a bit like kidnapping one of liam neeson's kids like after four (laughs) movies you know you shouldn't be doing that and They've made they've made movie premises out of a lot less than, you know, a bunch of disabled. I will find you. Yeah, I will find you. I have a very very specific technique. Specific set of skills. Specific set of skills. Like, come on, man! It's Texas. What are you doing? He just said, "Come on, man." Come on, man. Oh yes. Yeah, we need. I think we need a break. Yeah, I, I think now's a good time for a commercial break. So we will be back uh, after Jeff calms down, and we'll see you in just a little bit. Delete, delete. Did you know that you could cut a five-pointed star in one snip? Betsy Ross did. Learn her secret and many other things you might not know about Old Glory in the American Legion's bookazine, Indivisible, the story of our flag. Available at legion.org forward slash emblem sales. All right, Sorry, and we are back with our rapid fire, the most inaptly named segment of any podcast in the history of mankind. All right, we will start with rapid fire one. This is from the Drives War Zone, which I had never read the Drive before, but it actually found, it's kind of an interesting uh, website. But the Army tried to turn Nerf footballs into hand grenades. And it starts, few things are as quintessentially American as football, and most people in this country have probably played it in some form at least once in their life. This was what the U.S. Army was banking on when it developed an anti-tank grenade using an explosive charge jammed into a hollowed-out Nerf football in the 1970s. The Army's Land Warfare Laboratory, which is just the Land Warfare Laboratory, that's got to be some awesome, like, Acme robot types of... Anyway, at Aberdeen Proving Ground in Maryland concocted the football device as part of the broader effort to develop a hand-thrown anti-tank weapon of some kind that began in July 1973. I'm totally down for the Nerf hand grenade. Jeff, what do you think on this? I mean, over your right shoulder could be the next general of the U.S. Army, Tom Brady, coaching, training, and getting people (laughs) up and ready as long as it's properly inflated. I can see this oh. just. <laughs> that, that's below the belt, my brother. I had to. Oh my god! I had to get perfect. you. It was so good. I had to get you, but he's Michi- He's a Michigan man too, so I kind of got myself. But, uh, yeah. It is true. It is true that most people have thrown a football. Uh, but it's also true that most people have thrown a baseball. So I'm not really sure of the advantage of a round throwing a round grenade versus throwing an oblong uh, grenade. I I don't see the aerodynamic or muscle memory advantage 
of one over the other. So I'm not, and and it's a nerf, and it, they actually said nerf. That's a little bulky. I guess you're going to have one, and that's that's it. I I, yeah. I don't get that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that that's a, that's a great point. Like if you're jamming the explosive in the nerf then that means you're just carrying around Nerf in your backpack, which is not the most economical use of your space. Right? So if I could, I just would like to say that if we had Nerf grenades, me as an NCO would be losing my mind because I've had young privates, and I just yeah. remember the shenanigans. Yeah. And I foresee the shenanigans. And I know that, like, this is what? They were thinking about this, what, early 1970s? This yeah, is before it, like all of all of the climate we have today, right? right. <laughs> Could you imagine the shenanigans? Like the undocumented awesome. shenanigans, the unvideoed shenanigans. Well, two weeks craziness. ago we talked about a paratrooper jumping down with ocean spray singing a Fleetwood Mac song. Do you think nothing is going to happen with your new nerf, nerf grenades? Grenades? Yes. Like Right, can you imagine them playing just for like, and literally throwing a bomb? I just, it's the whole, it's so much can go wrong. The the only problem I have with grenades, like the, when you did the mock grenades at the range, the only problem is if it landed with the, the part that's not circular, you know, the top part that kind of sticks out, it can bounce weird, but that, I, I don't really understand. I'm with you, Jeff. I don't really understand how this would have helped the situation at all. Like actually, actually, now that I think about it, it would be worse. If you're in a hole, you yeah, can you throw to... a grenade like this. Of, yeah. To throw a football well, you need to be you up, feet shoulder large. width. And, up I large. mean, and, yeah. and yeah. so I, if I, anyone I, from the Army's Land Warfare Laboratory is listening right now, lawn yeah. darts, lawn dart lawn grenades darts. would be yeah. spectacular because you could throw those any way you want, just back over your head. Sidearm them. <laughs> Those things would be spectacular. Yeah, Holly's would have thought? coming in Who with jarts. Jarts are spectacular. 30th episode. Jarts. All right, rapid fire right. number two. And I love this story because it encapsulates why I love Sergeant Major so much. Note the sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, MPs handcuffed detained National Guard chaplain in Kuwait for wearing headphones. In a perfect encapsulation of 21st century life on Kuwait's Camp Boyring, a Pennsylvania Army National Guard chaplain was handcuffed and hauled off by military police after his dispute with the installation command sergeant major. What crime was committed by Captain Justin Thomas, the chaplain who ministers to the 628th Aviation Support Battalion? Why the unforgivable act of wearing headphones while walking, of course. Uh, and then Thomas, who is a chaplain and thus a much nicer person than myself, had this to say, I first want to say that I don't harbor any hard feelings about this misunderstanding. The Camp Bering Sergeant Major was trying to do his job and enforce a policy about walking with headphones. He was trying to get my attention, but I couldn't hear him. How many things go off the rail where you have MPs detaining a chaplain? Jeff, what do you think on this one? Uh, this chaplain was breaking the rules. Now, it was not a, a commandment level rule. And for all I know, he was hearing the voice of God in those headphones. So I, I they had to know who he was. I'm a, he's right. They had to know who he was. And I don't think I don't think cuffing him was, was an appropriate level of response to like cuff the chaplain. 
He's now he's now gonna the chaplain's got a record. That's a badass chaplain. <laughs> yeah, like when they they handcuffed him. I was thinking about when we would put people under it was personnel under U.S. control in Afghanistan. And you put the the black goggles on them so they can't see where they're going. Can you imagine the chaplain? He's all handcuffed. He's wearing black goggles. He's like over earbuds. Ashley, what do you think about this one? I just think that's hilarious. Like, I'm just, I'm just picturing like the awkwardness of like, sir, I'm, yeah, like, uh, right. I have to put, I have to put these on. I have to put this on you. I have to make an example. <laughs> you know, like as a former MP, like it's not easy. Like I've, I've done, you know, training vows where like you know, 100% ID check. It can yeah. really like you know, throw some folks back and they get oh, yeah. all mad, right? Um, so to have this kind of, like, showmanship of, like, let's make an example, I think it's a little crazy. Like, I'm so used to, like, having, like, flexi cuffs and also real cuffs, but, like, I, I'm i just, like... And then I'm there's, and the then there's work. It's hilarious in my head, like, <laughs> the entire series of events. Like, I'm picturing, like, when they got the mic up and they're like, hey, I got the chaplain here. I gotta bring him in. It's <laughs> talking to God. <laughs> Listening to God, and he's like, "I hope you're up. I hope you're up by Sunday, sir." I mean, part of me is glad that we at least didn't see any, you know, rankism on this. That you know, what would happen yeah. to a PFC happen to the to the captain? But on the other hand, it's like, come on, man! It's a guy wearing earbuds walking on the base. Like, we've got bigger problems in this world. But man, there is nothing I hate more than a sergeant major with a clipboard because they are <laughs> never doing anything you want them to be doing. As an NCO, like, <laughs> it, if they've got a clipboard, you stay away from them. Like, if that means you don't eat, if you I don't... I used to pick up clipboards so people would stay away from me. <laughs> right. No one... Oh, if you God. walk around briskly with a clipboard in the military, no one will ever talk oh, to you. It is social distancing at its finest. And it really is. I, I mean, it's just the whole story... Seems so preposterous that I loved every second of it. All right, we will go to the next story from the Military Times. VA moving ahead with plans to outsource all comp and pen examinations. Despite concerns from lawmakers, Veterans Affairs officials are moving ahead with plans to outsource nearly all comp and pen exams in coming months. They move they believe will improve service for veterans. Uh, Undersecretary for Benefits Paul Lawrence in an interview with Military Times last week said, this is just the evolution of the process. Right now, contractors are already doing the bulk of them. We think the value of having contractors available to do them is flexibility and the ability to surge. The comp and pen exams are a key part of the process for veterans to receive disability benefits. In most cases, before benefits begin, VA requires some type of review by a medical expert to confirm a veteran's injuries and the severity of its impact. And I, I do want to stress that these comp and pen exams are just looking at one thing. Does the person have a currently existing medical condition? It they, These comp and pen exams don't make you service connected or anything else. They're just looking at, does this person have that thing? I don't think it's as big a deal as some are making it out, but I throw it out to you. Jeff, is this a horrible thing? Is this a not a horrible thing. What's your thought on this? I think the, I think the people who uh, pushed it think that there's something wrong with it because they did it. Uh, they went. They did an end around around Congress to, to make it happen. And let's not forget that. Uh, number two thing is because uh, I've seen it. I've seen it on the county level with other things 
when you outsource these things, these outsourcing companies want to look good. Do they have an incentive to minimize uh, the veteran's situation so that it saves money? And therefore, then they will stay a preferred vendor. So I see potential. I see potential for uh, things that are going to be less than savory. And I see the way that it was introduced having the original sin of unsavoriness. So I, I, I think that uh, it's something that needs to be looked at. I'm not going to do an across-the-board indictment of this scenario, but there are some things that smell funny, and if there's things that smell funny in my kitchen, I tend towards throwing them out. <laughs> Ashley, any thoughts on this one? I would just say that you know, quality assurance is everything, and yeah. making sure that we're holding contractors, you know, you know, to the fire, and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And to Jeff's point, we want to ensure that you know they're not. I don't know. Like you said, there's there's incentives there, obviously, and when you get large, million dollar plus, you know, huge yeah. contracts. And you're working across the country, whereas like the VA in itself is its own like you know system of healthcare. Vice, um, you know, our, our free market, public market of whatever you want to refer to our market as, because it's not super great. But right. I just think you know there's going to be pros and cons, and I don't think we're going to be able to know that right away. But I, I do tend to agree with Jeff on this one, just the way that it was kind of pushed out isn't great like trans you know when it comes down to transparency and stuff like that like we just want to know what's going on like if you're gonna do it do it but like tell people and don't put it right like a few days right after the election or before or after like i'm just saying like you got you guys you guys brought me over the the way it the way it did come about i'm not a huge fan of and you're right the timing sucks on this Mm. Uh, it's apparently a small percentage that are not yeah. already done by outside contractors. Mm-hmm. To Jeff's point about the incentive, I actually like it better being outside the VA. I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of the VA controlling everything because they have an incentive too. They look at right. you know the resources and they're trying to keep it down. I'd almost rather have just a, a outside person who's just like, look, you have a medical condition or you don't. Not having mm-hmm. to worry about the beans and bullets aspect, but I I totally get where you're coming from on the yeah. on the other side. So yeah, I, I, I yeah, mean I'm I not, mean I've had great doctors in the VA. I've t- had terrible doctors, but to say you know the VA had the problem with overprescription of drugs, and then what was the natural reaction to that? They went way to the other side. So now I could be you know like in complete traction, and I can't get any pain pills. Where before I was mm-hmm. getting ninety a month. Like there's always a happy medium, and if it's an outside, eh, I'm 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 okay with it. But you're right. I I think it, Jeff's uh, yeah, kitchen analogy is probably pretty accurate. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where, you know, we'll have to see what happens, and it's just a very very small part in the, you know, exam dis- like disability process, right? So, 
know, making sure that like your like nexus statement to the paperwork from when you were in service to having the said medical diagnosis list, like all of those things come into play here. And it's really important that for folks that are unsure of the process or have had difficulties in that process, utilize the resources, you know, get on va.gov. Uh, also, you know, look to your legion or other fellow VSOs who are accredited, you know, bodies who can support your claims and review them and help you appeal and or even just submit that initial claim. So it's very important for folks. Yeah, it is, it is a last thing on that. V VA claim is not a learn-as-you-go situation. Go find somebody who actually knows yeah. what they're doing because the VA documentation you'll get back, in particular denying a claim, reads like every legal letter you've ever gotten and you're like i have no yeah. idea what this is saying look there's only three things to a military disability claim current mm -hmm. condition injury in service and a nexus statement when you read that va letter it's not going to be entirely clear for most people reading it what they're missing so make sure if you do have a claim that's canceled but i don't think this is inherently a horrible idea but i am a big fan of congressional oversight so all right, and our final, what do we, what do we got? Uh, do, 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 do. I don't know what uh, Super Producer Holly's writing. I couldn't see it on there. But all right, we'll go to the last one. Jeff, this one is, this one is, here it goes. Look at, he's like a coiled spring. This is from right, Task all, and Purpose. Okay. <laughs> from Task and this, Purpose. Oh, you're gonna the title alone kind of cracked me up. From the halls of Montezuma to infinity and beyond, now introducing space marines. And I, I would interject here that my son started, when I left the house this morning, he started watching Toy Story for the first time. Apparently, mm -hmm. a little too much dialogue and not enough songs, so he didn't make it all the way through it. But we will work on that. But the uh, <laughs> infinity and beyond, which is the most ridiculous concept of all time. But anyway... As if 2020 hasn't brought us enough surprises, U.S. Space Command announced on Friday that the U.S. military can now count Space Marines among its ranks, or something along those lines. According to a press release, the Marine Corps Commandant General David Berger ordered the activation of the Marine Corps Forces Space Command at Office Air Force Base, Nebraska, effective October 1, 2020. The new command, quote, will focus on providing space operational support to the fleet Fleet Marine Force, the press release said. It will be led by Marine Corps Major General Matthew Glavy. I, I love Marines being in space almost as much as I love them being in Nebraska, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> I know. What with it like... being surrounded by shoreline. But, uh, Jeff, what do you got on Space Marines? First of all, I had to change my hat to put on my to rep the USMC while it still has its dignity. Now, I'm going to start here with saying this. The Marine Corps is the most underfunded of the branches and the one with its resources and mission outstretched. And now someone thought it would be a good idea to add space. Right. I'm going to say it again, space, because space is inherently expensive. Uh, and the little green men, they better beware of something, but I don't know what that is because what in the name of Chesty Puller is the mission going to be? I don't understand what we're going to do. And if you're going to have space marines, why are they dealing with the Air Force? Every science fiction movie I've ever seen, the space is conquered by the Navy. They're on ships. The SS Enterprise, the Battlestar Galactica, sounds like Battleship. And it was led by a commander who became an admiral. 
it's Marines belong with the Navy for their transportation. And what about my EGA? What about my beloved Eagle Globe and Anchor? Is it going to be Eagle Globe, Anchor, and Star? Am I now no longer once a Marine, always a Marine because I didn't earn the EGAS? I'm, I don't understand any of this. It's going to cost money for a branch that doesn't have it. It's going to have no mission for a branch that already is outstretched. And they're going to be on Air Force vessels that we can't call ships, which Marines operate off of. And we're going to, we have to change everything from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of the moon. Are we going to breathe? I I can't breathe right now. (laughs) I can't breathe right now. I will take an inhale and come at you with a knife hand because this is stupid. (laughs) The Marine Corps recon units going into Baghdad couldn't get armor. But now we're going to send Marine infantry into space with what? With duct tape suits? They're going to have like they're going to have like whippet containers instead of oxygen because they get craziness. Ashley, what you got on this one? I am just wow, Jeff. All of you, <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? At least you got it out of your system. I'm glad you're still breathing. It just, I feel like this is, so for everyone's situational awareness, the Netflix um, Space Force series was renewed. They will be coming back for season two. I hope that this makes its way into that. Because it just seems like the natural next step. Like, let's exploit how hilarious this whole situation is with Steve Carell. Like, let's do it. When I was watching Space Force 2, it just... That first season just sort of ends, like, literally, like, on a cliffhanger. And you're like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I didn't yeah. I didn't know it only had that many episodes. So I was watching. I was like, all right, let's go to the next one. And then there is no next one. So I'm very eager to see it. But was it, What I, was your favorite phrase from that? Wasn't it, like, a generals are, like, cheap enchiladas. You pay for it on the back end. <laughs> yeah. your favorite? I that love that. that. I heard that quote, and I was like, Oh, that is yes. so great. Although in, in, in light of the story two stories ago, I would say Command Sergeant Majors are like that as well. Uh, Command Sergeant Major, Enchilada, and a and a clipboard. There's something to be a said about that. Clipboard and some ear and some some uh, earbuds. Earpods. <laughs> some AirPods. All right, Ashley, what are you thankful for as we go into our uh, Thanksgiving pause here? So get out your bingo cards because I'm going to say my husband. Oh, I didn't know if we were going to go with dogs, but okay, the husband. The dogs are back there. They're back in the corner. Uh, I heard them before. You hear them? Yeah, I was like, oh. Um, (laughs) So I'm giving a shout out to my man because it has been a trialsome, like, just past few months with work and my jobs and all of the things that I'm doing. And... You know, I'm really grateful to have a, just an amazing partner who is my best friend and I can joke around with, who can be my, you know, CFO for my business, who can help me do all of these things and then continue to help me, you know, shatter glass ceilings and do what I love. So I am really thankful for him and all the support of his family and my own family this Thanksgiving. See, now if I say my wife, you're just, everyone's just going to be like, oh, yeah, you were going to leave her off. But now Ashley shamed you into it. But I would say... Not only just my family at home, because my wife, again, I got three kids under five and I have to go, I have to work it sometimes and I can hear them out there and thankfully they don't have Nerf grenades, but man, a I, I don't know how she, so I'm obviously grateful for that. 
I am super grateful for everything that Legion has given me. Uh, this week actually marks my 22nd year of employment here. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I was overseas for some of it, but I have pretty much never wanted to go anywhere else. It's the greatest organization to work for. They treat me great. I have the best boss in the world. National Judge Advocate is just awesome. Uh, also the best golfer. Yeah, I don't want to kiss up to him, but... I mean, I, I and actually before this, when I worked for the editor of the magazine, was th- the greatest thing ever too. So my work family and my home family, I'm eternally grateful. My in-laws are who take my kids occasionally to uh, lessen the burden. So I am grateful for all of it. So uh, I know that the federal government has said no Thanksgiving, but my father-in-law has decided that that is not going to be the policy of our household. So. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, some of the green bean casserole with way too many fried onions on top. But all right, Jeffrey, we will close with you, my friend. All right. I will say that I was going to say that I am thankful that we are kind of locked down here and I don't have to sit at a table and go around and say what I'm thankful for. And then you sprung it on me anyway. You're terrible. So the... <laughs> if you've ever been but, at one of those where somebody springs it on you at the table and you're like, yeah, uh, 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 and then you're like, OK, I'm just going to say whatever that last person said. Nope. Have you ever been the one where they say, and let's start with you? And it's like, uh, but I and, and I also don't have the I've just recently gone over my three year mark in the American Legion. So nice. Yeah, I'm pretty salty here. So uh, you guys need to know anything about the American Legion, just let me know. I'm also really, so I'm really thankful for a couple of things. Every day of the year, I'm thankful that I get to see this in the mirror when I brush my teeth, but we won't talk about that. I'm also thankful for the community of people that I, would you say? A whole new level. Yeah, little mermaid. You're a whole more. new world away from us right now. You're joining the Space Marines. Hey, don't be jelly. All this. That's all I'm saying. Oh. So, yes. on a on a more serious note, I am thankful for the community that I have here, three time zones away from my family. Uh, that uh, it has actually been populated, probably a majority. Uh, by the American Legion and Hollywood Post 43 over these last three years. Uh, some of my best friends are there. Uh, some of the people that drive me the craziest are there. And that is basically family. So I'm really thankful for that. And then on this 30th episode of our show, I would thank everybody who has ever liked, commented, stuck up for me when I've been victimized by these other two, or even just listened. We appreciate you, and we hope that uh, in this next year when we get to season two, that you will stay with us and we will grow, 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 and talk about this next Thanksgiving. So subscribe, like, comment, do all that stuff, and um, and we'll talk to you soon. I, I should throw in one last thing. We are also grateful for Super Producer Holly and oh. Ben. And I'm not only saying that because my recording just quit, and so I'm going to get yelled at by both of them. But uh, thank you for everything you guys do. Thank you. <laughs> that means that Ben Ben gets one turkey leg and Holly gets the other. because I get the wishbone. Oh. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Bye.